0: This is good. Thank you, Lord. I want to... I want to read a little thing of this book. It's called The Ragamuffin Gospel. And it was recommended uh, by a, a friend. And then it came up in one of my classes. And then this my teacher said that he attended some of these uh, meetings where Brennan Manning was speaking while he was still alive. And he said that probably more than anybody else has helped him to know God as Abba, like more than this guy. And he was a a Catholic priest that became Came an alcoholic, ended up living on the street, homeless. And then he finally met the love of God as the Abba of Jesus. And then he got married, you know, and he became a a writer. And I watched some of his videos. But there is something about experiencing the, the love of God that changes you. You can change all yourself, all you want, and you'll never get anywhere. But when that touch of love comes, because it redefines you, sets you free, then you're able to change, because only His love can change us. When we are self-centered, self-focused, beating yourself down, you never change anything because you're, you're, you're alone. But when you open up to receive, then his love and the way that he sees you, the way that he loves you, it starts changing the way you see yourself. Okay. So he says, again, the Ragamuffin Gospel by Brennan Manning, the word we study has to be the word we pray. My personal experience of the relentless tenderness of God came not from exegetes, theologians, and spiritual writers, but from sitting still in the presence of the living word and beseeching him to help me understand with my head and heart his written word. Sheer scholarship alone cannot reveal to us the gospel of grace. We must never allow the authority of books, institutions or leaders to replace the authority of knowing Jesus Christ personally and directly when the religious views of others impose between us and the primary experience of Jesus as the Christ, we become con- unconvicted and unpersuasive travel agents handing out brochures to places we have never visited. So we, wanna, we do not want to talk about God. We want to get to know his love. And that's what I want to talk about here. And, and that's what it's so amazing about Jesus Christ. Because he came and he changed for humanity the way that we can relate to God, right? Even in, in the Bible, the, the God of Abraham, it was like they, it was hard to relate to God. You know, they had to make sacrifices. They, there were a lot of laws and regulations but only really the high priest could go in once a year on the Day of Atonement. So he was still a distant God. But when Jesus came, he removed that distance. And we're going to talk about that, but before we get there, you know, I, I, we read last week, he said, My yoke is easy to bear. And I, this is from, I read Matthew 11:28 28 to 30 last week. But I just want to say this. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And then I read from Matthew 23 and he says, The teachers of religious law, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. So that is really the difference between what the religious leaders, religion, our nature is always putting burdens on ourselves. Yeah. And Jesus came to relieve us of all the burdens. And, but we need to let that love penetrate. And that's what I, I am, you know, Lord help us. You know, like the story that Bill shared this morning. You know, and then once you receive that love, then he says, now you can go and love others. You can be a source of the same love. Because in every, you know, that was part of one of the discussions this week in my class, was almost like in every healing, there is a, a new relationship, or the restoration of a relationship. And we're going to talk about that, right? But before, let me read a little bit of Leviticus 15. Because Leviticus 15 will have to be like an introduction for the, the story that we, I want to read in Luke. And Leviticus 15 is all about cleansing unhealthiness. All, everything about being unclean about you being impure and basically is if you are unclean anything that you touch becomes unclean if you're unclean anybody that you touch they have to also go through this process of purification and then it says here verse 25 now if a woman has a discharge of her blood many days not at the period of her menstrual impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the period, all the days of her impure discharge, shall she continue as though she is in her period, she is unclean. I know I I shouldn't read this on a Sunday morning.
1: (laughs) But you
0: you need to understand why I'm reading this. Just setting the, the stage and then he goes on and you can, it's not one of those favorite chapters that we read. Oh, I'm going to read Leviticus 15, right? And apply it to my life. And apply and it to my life, right? But I, I just want to make sure that this will, will make sense when I read the other story. Because she's, then he goes on here and she, any bed, anything that she touches, and then it has to go through a process and even when she's Tops bleeding. She has to wait seven days. And then on the eighth day. After washing herself. She has to make a sacrifice. Right? So this was the law. This is the Old Testament. Now let's get to Jesus. Luke 8. 43 to 48. Says. Now a woman was there who had been suffering from her issue of blood for 12 years. For 12 years, the whole village would see her and walk away. I don't want her to touch me. For 12 years, she was isolated. She was rejected. She was like conditioned to think about herself as unclean. She could not touch anybody. She could not be, I mean, she probably had to live in quarantine for 12 years. Can you imagine how that would impact somebody and the way that they see themselves? I want you to think about this. And think about this is the God that he's opening the door to for you to relate to him. He's saying, I don't care how long you have been under this conditioning, how long you have been feeling like this, how long you have somebody in your life that have, has suffered or is suffering. Be bold, touch him. For, for 12 years, but she could not be healed by anyone. I think that there is one translation that says that she spent all her savings, all her money. And no no doctor could help her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. And at once, the bleeding stopped. Isn't that cool? I think that that's awesome. When you're unclean, anybody or anything that you touch becomes unclean. But when you're unclean and you touch him... You become clean. Then Jesus asked. Who was it? Who touched me? When they all denied. Peter said. Master. The crowds are surrounding you. And pressing against you. But Jesus said. Someone touched me. For I know the power has gone out from me. I think God is waiting. For us to touch him. With that faith that power is released. Instead of, oh, I don't know if I should do that, if I can pray like that, or if I can ask anything like this because I'm feeling so bad. It's been so long. It's been so long when, you know, I I could actually go before God and talk to him. So long that I haven't heard anything from him. I think he's waiting for somebody to go through the crowds, push everybody out of, out of the way, push everything, every other distraction, and say, I'm, I'm going to touch him. Someone touched me, for I know that power has gone out from me. So when the woman saw that she could not escape notice, she came trembling and fell down before him. I mean, she, maybe she was like covering herself so, because the, the whole village knew who she was. They knew her issues, the, her problems. They knew that she was escaping the quarantine. The quarantine police was like, hey, you, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be in the crowds. You're making us all dirty. You're making us, us all dirty. Now we all are going to have to go quarantine and go through this process of cleaning ourselves. So she was probably in disguise and she was trying to run away. When the woman saw that she could not escape notice, she came trembling and fell down before him in the presence of all the people. She explained why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. She would be even happy with the healing, right? As long as nobody knows that I'm here, (laughs) I can go home and pretend that I just got better, wait seven days, Wash myself, go to the temple, do my sacrifice, and go back to my normal life. She would be happy with that. But Jesus did not allow that. <laughs> because he had to, in, the, in front of all the crowds, say, no. Your faith has healed you, daughter. When you worship, touch him. And just hear Him saying, You're my daughter. You're my son. You're included. It doesn't matter how you come. He loves you the way you are. He loves you. He wants you to come just the way you are. I think that there's a song. Just the way you are. You don't need to put makeup or dress up or you know pretend everything is nice and perfect in your life you know he doesn't want you to come and and present a facade of something that is presentable and religiously accepted Matthew 9 9 to 13 and Jesus went on from there he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, he said to him. What would be a tax collector today? Somebody that everybody hates and despises. (laughs) (laughs) What? The IRS. The IRS. No, I think it's worse than that, you know. I think it's like the, the tax collectors, they were, they were Jews working for the Roman government. Working for the oppressor. And a lot of times they were corrupt. And they would charge more and put it in their pockets. They, they were... Not only working for the Roman Empire, the oppressor, they were also oppressing their own people. So they were like the lowest. <laughs> Along with you know prostitutes and all of that, you know, that people that the, the whole culture of Jerusalem, of the Pharisees, the temple, and, and and showing up and then pretending like you're you're doing everything and you would You know, give your offering and tithes in front of everybody, and right? So he says, Follow me. And he said to him, He said to him, and he got up and followed him. As Jesus was having a meal with Matthew in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are healthy don't need a physician, but those who are sick do. Go and learn what this man, this saying means. I want mercy, not mercy. Sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous but to sinners. This see this? This is like a whole, it's like a 180-degree change of the way that you, you think you're, you're supposed to relate to God, and Jesus comes and changes everything, and He's opening the door for everybody. And he's saying, Come. Come, follow me. I know that, you know, you have been isolated for 12 years outside of society, outside of everything. I know that the whole town hates you. But I want you to follow me. Those who are healthy don't need a physician. Are you broken? I am. But he's there. I want mercy. Go and learn what this saying means. I want mercy, not sacrifice. I'm going to finish with Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, through the veil, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in the assurance that faith brings. What what is faith? You know, how, how... Does the act of this woman in Luke 8 translate like faith? You know, in one sense, we we hear a lot of faith is obedience, right? It's not just a mantle. You have to do something. In one sense, she violated all the laws. She ripped Leviticus 15 in a thousand pieces. And Jesus did not care. What is faith? Let us draw with a sincere heart in the assurance that faith brings. Because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. And let us hold to the hope that we confess for the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Not abandoning our meetings as some are doing, but encouraging each other and even more so before you see the day drawing near. I bless that encouraging one another. You know I bless us with this confidence to enter the sanctuary By the blood of Jesus. I bless this week for us with a boldness. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of confidence, of trust, of faith, to enter, to ask, and keep on asking, to pray, and keep on praying, and knock, and keep on knocking. He loves you the way you are. Come just the way you are thinking about this this morning I say I want to go even if I don't see as I, I have a health issue or anything but I, I can also go and touch the Lord for somebody else yeah. Yeah. by faith we do that one for another and say I, I'm gonna go and go in and touch the hem of his garment you know for genie you know for your son for each one of us here. We, we, I think that God. He, he likes to be God. You know. And when we try to be God in his place. He doesn't feel good. When we think that we can change ourselves. And we will solve all the problems in the world. He's going. Okay. Keep trying. I'm going to sit here. Wait. You know. But here. The hem of my garment. Just come and touch it. Just come in touch. Be bold. And I bless that for us this week. Lord, we we come to know the love of the Father through the Son, through the blood. In the name of the Lord. Amen.